sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome. Episode 1. We have arrived. The Betting Edge podcast is here. My name is Mayday Ryan May. Joined by Samir Moneyline Mergy. Let's kick this off. I am so excited. How are you feeling? I'm so excited, Ryan. We've been waiting. This has been in the works for so long. It's glad to be here. We're excited to make money together. Let's get people into into sports betting, profitable sports betting. I'm on cloud nine. I, this is a dream come true for both of us. I know that I know that I'm not uh, exaggerating when I say that. Um, so what we are here to do is a couple things. But firstly, we are going to teach you something every time you tune into this podcast. I promise. I can I can promise you on anything you'd like me to promise on. We will teach you something. We are here armed with tactics and wagering strategies out the wazoo they're weird samir is brimming with them so what i'm gonna do is pull them out of him and give them to you guys so we're gonna do things from most common ways to bet to how how to read odds um how to build a parlay that's all gonna be very basic stuff at the beginning but then we're going to move on to things like unit and bankroll management, hedging our bets. Uh, we're going to have discussions about previous handles, monthlies, yearly, event-based handles. We're going to analyze those. We're going to talk to people in the industry. This first episode, we have Coach Young. Honestly, guys, there's so much to get to. I, I think we should just get right into it. What do you think, Margie? Uh, I'm down. I mean, we've been waiting long enough. It's time to get this started. Let's make people some money. Before we get right into it, I do want to make sure our listeners know you're not just going to be listening to us. Um, of course, we're experts in our own right, but we're going to have tons of sports betting experts. A lot of huge sports grid TV members are going to be joining us through this podcast. Uh, you're going to be learning lots. Hopefully, we're going to get some people from actual bookies, just BetMGM. Fan duel. Never know who we can get on this podcast. And we're all going to be discussing, always going to be discussing the best bets, best strategies to be making money. So, I mean, Ryan, let's get started in this investment. I'm getting butterflies, Mergy. I'm so <laughs> excited. Okay. So, today, here's the order of operations. We are going to start by teaching you Samir's five rules for profitable sports betting. This is the most important episode we are going to do of this podcast. If you do not listen to this episode, you're going to be very confused when we reference it back over and over and over again for the remainder of the scope of this podcast. So without further ado, Samir, Moneyline Mergy, the savant of the sketchy spread, the prince of parlays, roll in to number one. Number one on the five rules of profitable sports betting. Remember, it's profitable sports betting because the key to this is making money long term. So rule number one, bankroll management. A successful better actively manages their bankroll. A bankroll is spare cash that you set aside for the sole purpose of gambling. Before you even start betting on sports, you got to build that bankroll and set aside money that you are okay with losing. Don't be betting if you don't have money. You're not going to win the lottery by betting on sports. It's a long-term game. It's a long-term investment. So make sure you have money set aside for your bankroll so you can start. So let's say I am just starting out. I've never gambled before. I've never signed up with a sports book. Um, what's a, what, what would you recommend as a bankroll for me to be at? It. It's a bankroll is different for everybody, right? Like everyone is going to be betting within their limits. Uh, whatever, honestly, whatever you are personally comfortable with putting into a betting, a betting account and possibly losing all of it, uh, that is whatever your bankroll should be. So if it's only a hundred dollars, Hey, that's okay. Cause long-term you can make profit. You can make money. That could be your gas money. That could be 
I don't know, food money for the week. Uh, but then the professionals, a lot of them have thousands of dollars in there and that's their bankroll, right? But bankroll is specific to each person. Okay, so I've got money in my bank account now. My bankroll is set. I'm ready to start, but I don't know where to start. So what's what do I need to know first? Well, that's rule number two, right? And you got to look at sports betting the same way you do any other investment. I mean, before you start betting, wrap your head around the idea of slow and steady profits. You're not going to win every bet that you place. So getting comfortable with losing is key. Gambling is not a get-rich-quick scheme. And if you treat it as such, you're going to lose money long-term. So as I said, treat it like any other investment. Be okay with slow and steady profits. And hey, if you get a 20% return on investment at the end of the year, that's a great investment overall. Couple that with many other investments you have in life. And you can use sports betting as a solid, solid profitable investment for the rest of your life. I'm kind of... I'm kind of a little bit stuck here. So return on investment is something that I need to decide on before I really like jump fully in. So where should I be looking? Like what kind of return on investment should I be looking for? Honestly, any profit is profit. I love to say that. And you're going to hear me say that throughout our podcast. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer. And if you're profiting over a month, even if you made $100, Bro, you made money on sports betting there. 99% of sports bettors lose money. So you should be happy with making that profit. So I think the return on investment that people should be aiming for will be different for everyone. However, it's not out of question to get like a 50% return on investment in a total year in sports betting. And that's ridiculous when it comes to investing. That's right? insane. That it, it is, it's, it's not out of question. I mean, if you see these professional gamblers, a lot, a lot of them will make 50% return on investment over an NFL season. And so it's about knowing how to stay disciplined. It's about being comfortable with your wins and being comfortable with slow and steady profits, but also not getting too impatient when you lose. You have to stay disciplined. If you're going to be impatient when you lose and keep betting, throwing up lots of money in a short period of time, chances are you're going to lose it. And that's how the bookies make all their money. Okay. So that's kind of where I'm like, this is where I have fallen in past. I tend to place a bet. And if the bet's not going great, maybe I'll hedge it a little. Maybe I'll throw another bet down. Maybe I, maybe if it's going great, I'll get super <laughs> confident and double down on it. I mean, the, the classic example is, uh, and this will lead me, lead me to rule number three, uh, but the classic example is you're losing your bets in, let's say, an NHL slate, and then the LA Kings are starting at 10 p.m. Because they're always starting at 10 p.m. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to throw money on the LA Kings. You're bank. exposing me. Um, <laughs> not just you specifically, but it happens to everyone, right? Like in basketball, the Lakers, they're on a little later usually on. And th that late slate, if you lost all your money throughout the day, all your bets throughout the day, don't force it. Don't chase. That's rule number three. Don't chase. No chasing. As I mentioned, you're going to lose. That's why it's called gambling after all, right? Chasing is when you try to recoup the money that you've lost by betting more often or with higher stakes than you usually do. So don't be desperate because there'll always be other things to bet on. Tomorrow, there's another game. Next week, there's a football game. Why are you spending all your money tonight trying to make your money back? Well, because I think that tonight the LA Kings are going to win. <laughs> so I can make my money back right now as opposed to making it back tomorrow and being patient with it. But again, it brings me back, brings back to the point that like you really do need to treat this like an investment because you wouldn't do that with an investment. Like yeah, it's, it's, that would be insane. Yeah, people currently are down so much money on their crypto. <laughs> a lot of them are going to hold on to it, right? And, and it makes sense because there's a chance that a lot of these coins and currencies are going to go up. So gambling is the same thing. You're going to lose money some days. You're going to lose money some weeks. I, I go months sometimes where like, you know, I'm a little negative. But then the next month, I'm super positive, right? It's a, it's a long-term game. And if you look at it month by month and you look at your return on investment year by year even, you're making money. That's what matters. If you're watching sports all the time, you pay attention to sports all the time, you're doing fantasy leagues, you might as well use your knowledge 
and your time that you're spending on it to, to make some money. Okay. So you mentioned knowledge there and I would like to say that brings us pretty nicely to rule number four. <laughs> it definitely brings us nicely to rule number four. Don't be stupid and don't bet on sports you don't know. <laughs> it may seem obvious, but it happens every single day, specifically during off seasons, right? I mean, stick to what you know. You'll only find long-term success beating bookies if you understand the sports that you're betting on. Uh, don't bet on cricket just because the World Cup's going on if you haven't watched a single cricket game in your life. Don't be betting on the 3 a.m. tennis match happening halfway across the world just because you're bored and want to, want to throw some money on a game. Be smart about what you're betting on, right? Like any investment, you got to know what you're doing. And you don't have, and remember this, remember this key thing. You do not have to bet every single day on every single sport. It's about long-term profits. Two days from now, there's still going to be sports going on. And especially, especially in the off season, for example, summertime, I'm a bad example of this. When baseball's only on, sometimes I feel, I feel like I want to pull the trigger and bet on a baseball game. But you know me, I'm not the biggest baseball expert. So that's a situation where I should stay away and not bet too often on a baseball game just because there's nothing else on. Okay, fine. So that's that theoretically is a really good concept to stick to. Don't bet on the sports you don't know. Don't invest into industries you don't understand. Yeah. Like that's very that is all very logical. But then there is the casual better. And the casual better still likes making money. <laughs> and this is where I'm talking to you. Casual betters all out there listening right now. I'm talking directly to you. You don't know what's you don't know a lick about the NFL, but your buddies are all watching Sunday night football. You're hanging out. You feel like you might want to be in on it. What can you do to make sure you aren't just throwing your money away? Mayday, rule number five. Do your research. Before you place any bet, before you place any bet, even if you are a basketball coach and you feel like you know all the knowledge about the sport, before you place that bet, do your research on what's going on. People could be injured. People could be sick. It could be the anniversary of someone's death in the family. These are human beings playing the sport. Anything could be happening. Uh, there's trends. Like, let's say this one team, for example, Liverpool, in your background there, they're dominant at home, right? So let's say a team's coming in, like Man City a couple of weeks ago, and they lose. They lose at Anfield. No one expected that going in. But if you look at the trends, Man City doesn't play well at Anfield. These specific players have not played well at Anfield either. Not just the club, but these players on the squad. Go look at even further trends there. In the past, what, 10 games between the two teams? I think Liverpool's won more head-to-head. -head. So you look at all these trends, Liverpool... This is the team that has beat Liverpool uh, to the league multiple times in the past few yeah, years. Thanks. Thank you. This Liverpool <laughs> squad hates Man City and uh, the, the players there, they want to beat them no matter where they are on the table. They want to beat them. And it works the other way around too. So that game was a free for all. Do your research. If you did your research, you knew that that game was going to be tighter than what people, than what the casuals thought. Um, and so that's rule number five. That is the, the last rule of profitable sports betting. Couple all of these together. And to be honest, you're going to make money long-term. You just got to be smart about it and stay disciplined. Okay. And my last question to you about research, what are some of the things that I can look up that will help me? What are things I should be researching? Like I, I don't even know what the correct thing to Google is. Ah, uh, that's a great question. It really, really depends on the matchup. I know that's not the answer you wanted to hear, uh, but that that's what it really is. You got to put time into this. You're putting your hard-earned money into this bet, right? So don't just throw your $10, $20, $50 away just like that. Go do your research. Check recent head-to-head -head matchup history. Check how certain players play against these certain teams. Check um, recent form, stuff like that. There's so many different factors that can come into it. For example, in the NBA, I know a lot of big men, they 
they get they get they tend to get used a lot earlier in the half. So look for trends like that if you're trying to look for let's say Joel Embiid to get over his point total in the first half. Look for trends like that. Uh, it, it's really de- it's really dependent on the matchup and dependent on the sport. Um, right now, I mentioned the Cricket World Cup is going on, and it's it's hard to bet on that. Like India it was is the favorite to win the the tournament, and they were undefeated. And then the other day, South Africa came and gave them a whooping. I mean, South Africa is definitely really a really good team, but people didn't expect that. And then if you look at the trends, you look at the history, like South Africa needed that win. Not only that, in their recent matchups against India, they've gotten a couple wins. Like it all makes sense after you do your research and, and you look at it a lot more. Okay. So I guess it's just, there's no quick answer. It's just, you really got it. You really got to commit to it. Mind you. Mind you, it is gambling, and there is an unknown factor that will happen in every game. If you watch the Falcons versus the Panthers week eight of the NFL that just passed, the Panthers got a touchdown to tie the game, 12 seconds left, Hail Mary, and they had the field goal opportunity to get the win, but they missed the field goal. Then they go to extra time. Hold on, hold on. Before they miss that field goal, the reason their field goal was so difficult yeah. to miss <laughs> is because the guy who made the catch was taunting the other team. Exactly. And these are all and he factors got a penalty. That, and these are all factors that all the research you can do wouldn't show you happening, right? And not only did they miss the extra field goal, they went to overtime. Then in overtime, they missed a field goal that would have sealed the win. And then the Falcons went down and won the game. So, like, anything can happen, anything at all. Um, and mind you, the Falcons didn't even cover the, end up covering the spread in that game either. Like, it was just a mess of a game. So there is that unknown factor, and that's why professional gamblers tend to aim for about a 56 to 58% win percentage, roughly, probably closer to, like, 56, let's be real. Um, and if you're betting at that average, you have that success rate, at an average of minus 110 odds, you're profiting money. You are profiting money. It is proven fact. And that's exactly what all the professional gamblers are going for. Okay. So follow these five rules. These five rules will help you get on yep. that path yep. to. I'm just going to repeat them. Bankroll management. Look at sports betting the same way you do any investment. No chasing. Don't bet on sports you don't know. And do your research five rules you listen to all of these and you use your own knowledge as well as knowledge coupled from sports grid experts from from you and i mayday we have good knowledge especially when it comes to you know soccer hockey basketball baseball so we're all right we're all right (laughs) uh f1 you've been killing it at f1 this year so use your own knowledge get knowledge from experts listen to these five rules and i assure you you're going to make money all right so mergy i think the thing that we should do now is listen to the experts. Yep. We had an expert on. Like, there's no better expert than a guy who has coached the sport for his entire life. We did have an expert on. And that leads us to our next segment, the guest star. Each podcast we do, we're going to have a guest who's an expert in the industry of sports betting. And today, we have none other than Coach Young. All right, I'd like to now welcome the legendary sports grid basketball analyst, Coach James Young, our first guest on the Betting Edge podcast. It is a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing, Coach? Man, thanks for having me. You know, I don't know about legendary. I don't know what that that, that title suffices, but uh, it's a pleasure to be on with you guys. It's a pleasure to be and honored to be the first guest on your on your on your better edge. Uh, podcast um hopefully over the course of of uh, the next whatever time we talk um i can give some people some nuggets some some tips on how i got into industry because my way of breaking down sports gambling is completely different than the average person on the network or anywhere you see because of my coaching background i kind of have a different lens into sports gambling and hopefully over the time on this talk or this podcast I can kind of explain those thoughts and give a little peep, the people uh, some information about me that could also help them make them a little bit of money. I, I kind of like look at things at, at a coaching angle. 
um, when you have, you know, a, a team like on a back-to-back, I'm not going to look at the analytics. I'm going to think about, like, okay, Washington played at Boston last night. Game ends at 9.30. They're not going to get on the plane until 11.30. They're in there by 2 a.m. Well, Philadelphia got in from last night. So understanding back-to-backs and how it works. Understanding matchups in regards to individual matchups or how a team plays defensively. For instance, if you watch the Pelicans, they play something called drop coverage on ball screen. So Janet Balanchunas isn't going to guard the ball screener. What does that mean? Well, if you're going against the New Orleans Pelicans, you may want to look for the point guard to go over his points prop because of the defense that's being played. Um, Another thing I really tried to talk to people about, honestly, is understanding substitution patterns. Because you could find a nice way to get in on a game before the line moves. So what I tell people is this. Here's a tip. If you're watching a game live and you bet a game live, and we all know 70% of gambling is done in-game now, watch the scores table. So if you're betting against, are you betting for or against the Lakers? Well, if you're going to take the Lakers and the line's moving away from the Lakers and LeBron James is out of the game, when you see him go to the, the scores table, that's the time for you to go back in. Because you would expect when LeBron comes back in, a run's going to be made. So those are kind of things I look at. Matchups, scouting reports, um, substitution patterns, foul patterns. Um, who do you like? What teams like to go where into their offense? For instance, Phoenix sometimes try to get DeAndre Ayton the ball early. So maybe look at DeAndre Ayton's first quarter points prop because he's going to play seven, eight minutes in the first quarter. Then he's going to sit and they're going to run their offense to him early. So those are kind of the like almost coaching nuances that I kind of bring to sports grid that I don't think really anybody in this gambling space really talks about. No, I genuinely haven't found anybody in this space those things you just mentioned there are all such specific examples of in-game things that change like this and i snap my fingers it's because it happens so fast and you really need to be paying attention to this the little things and as a coach i would assume that is the main purpose of your job to pay attention to all the small things that go around yeah Yeah, it really it really it really is i'm sorry to drop but it it, it really is if if you Coaching guys is literally thousands of decisions made in, in, in quick, like instant things. Like, you know, as a coach, someone picks up a first foul. Do you run another play at them to get their second foul to get them out of the game? You know, your kid gets up a foul. Do you go zone, change your defense because you're trying to protect the kid? Well, this kid can shoot. Don't let him shoot threes. This kid can drive, make him shoot. So th- th- this is the kind of things that I look for when I look at gambling. So I almost take in-game betting like coaching. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to go into the heads of the head coaches and think what they're doing or what their next move is going to make. But at the same time, I'm watching things like, uh, like substitution patterns of the other team, which is something that I used to watch really closely when I, um, when I coach or who are the referees like, is this game being called really tight? Well, you know what? Maybe you need to look at the over going quickly because guys are getting foul trouble. Or the game is getting really aggressive. There's a lot of there's a lot of extra stuff going on. Well, maybe I won't touch someone like Clay Thompson when he looks hot and he's bothered what happened with Devin Booker because maybe he's going to get one or two texts and gets thrown out. So that's the thing where you got to be careful of, yes, the analytics, guys, it's very important. The numbers, they're there. They matter. They speak the truth. But there's another side of it that you have to understand, and that's the coaching aspect of it. And if you can marry those two together, you give yourself a really good chance of being the book. It's incredible. I mean, every time you come on and, and speak to us about these things, you always teach us not only new ways to look at the games, uh, but that's why I wanted you to have us uh, have you – I wanted to have you on as our first guest uh, because to be honest, you've won us, our viewers, so much money. You've won us so much money and watching the way you break down each of these games. uh, It's incredible, man. I I appreciate it. Hats off to you and keep doing what you're doing, coach. No, I I appreciate it. I just think it's just, it's, it's a, it's a different lens. You know, it's funny. Like I'm, I'm really close, obviously to the sport book, particularly Dave Sherapan. Dave and I are very close. So, 
and I've gotten close to him. So I'm, I sometimes go to him because I don't understand why lines are put in a certain way. So to me, you know, this, 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 this space is about, about us paying it forward and us giving information to other people to allow them to help them make an informed decision. Now, I'm not saying you follow everything I say. You may not agree with it, but the one thing I've always liked as a coach, particularly as a head coach, is I always wanted people to give me their opinions so I had their thought process in there, and then I make my own decision based off of what I think and what other people think. And even though they, I may not agree with them this time, I could agree with them the next time. And their thought process might help you get to a stronger decision overall that I like that you brought that up. Cause that is actually one of the big things that Mergy and I talk about all the time. It's like the whole purpose is to make an informed decision sports betting in a way and in a very real way is investment. And if you yeah. want to make strong investments, you need to be informed, collect all the information you can from every single possible source, from every angle, look at it in different ways. And that's why it's so valuable having all these different looks. Um, coach, I have a slightly, slightly off the path question for you. If you can pinpoint a sports memory sometime in your life that led you down this path into the sports, into the sports industry, do you have one? Oh my God. I mean, I would just say growing up, just watching sports and being for me, for being a Nick fan growing up and seeing that team kind of come together in, in, in the late eighties um, and early nineties. And for me, you know, I remember uh, one time I was in college, my, I went to a small NAIA school called Green Mountain College, Vermont. And my coach, Matt Dempsey played college basketball for Stan Van Gundy. Stan Van Gundy's first job in his 20s at a small school called Castleton State College in Vermont. And I wow. remember I remember when my senior year, we're down in Miami, he's coaching the Miami Heat, and it's Heat Bulls, 1998. So you had Rodman, you had Jordan, you had Pippen, you had Alonzo Mourning, you had Tim Hardaway, you had Dan Marley, you had PJ Brown, you had all these great players. And I remember we were sitting up in the nosebleeds and my college coach was like, you know, James Mark, I want you to take me and the other coach's ticket. And I want you to go down and sit like by the floor. So we go down and I get to sit next to Kim Van Gundy, a Stan's wife. And I'm watching the game from the third row. And I'm just watching Stan Van Gundy and Phil Jackson just kind of break down the game. I'm watching them from timeouts perspective from about you know eight or nine rows up, up from the court. And I was just mesmerized. And I, I've always been a person, guys, I've always felt like you, you, have to, you have to pay things forward. I've had the pleasure of playing for a Matt Dempsey. I've had a pleasure of playing for a high school coach you know, named Joe Napa. One of my, uh, two of my mentors are, for coaching girls basketball are guys named Joe Montano and George Sorless, two legendary you know, Hall of Fame in New Jersey coaches with each has over six, 700 wins. And these are my big brothers. And they taught me to give back. So I've had all these people have given me so much knowledge over the years. I felt like it's natural for me to give my knowledge to other people. That's also why, if people notice, I'm a teacher. I've been a teacher for a long time. I teach, you know, managerial accounting and I take, teach an intro to finance class to freshman in high school. But I like to pay it forward. So to me, giving back is, is always more rewarding than taking an in information. And we all know information is king. Most definitely it is. Wow. I'm blown away by that answer, coach. That was uh, the, 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 you almost put me in the place of just like, I've, I've never, we weren't even born when those, when yep. those things were, were going on and putting me somehow in a place of somewhere that of some time that happened before I even existed. You did a great job. I felt like I was eight rows behind, behind, uh, behind uh, Gundy and Jackson, honestly. 
you know, like that's the beauty of sports, isn't it? You can, you, uh, coach, I'm assuming you remember that, that memory, like it was just yesterday and it was so over 20 years ago. Right. And let's be real. Like sports gives us that feeling, uh, whenever we're, we have moments like that. I remember where I was when Sidney Crosby scored the, the golden goal. I remember where I was when Sergio Aguero scored the goal against QPR, right? Like, like these are the certain events uh, when, you, when you're into sports, these events, they stick with you. And then I love that story, Coach. Thanks for sharing that with us. No, I, I think it's, 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 you know, everybody has their, their memory or their reason why you get into something. I think the, the, one of the main takeaways with, with all of this is, you know, I went from guys, I went from being a stockbroker to a teacher, to a college basketball coach, to teaching a little bit, to doing sports uh, gambling. You know, everybody finds their way. It doesn't necessarily have to be right out of college. You're going to switch careers. The key thing is, is honestly, like, have a passion and love what you do. If you have a passion for what you do and you love what you do, it really makes it really easy to get up in the morning and do it. So for me to get up and teach in the morning, I love it. For me to get up every morning, even like last night, I didn't do well, you know, with, with my place, you know, and I, we all have our good and our bad days, but you know what? I love doing this so much and I love doing it with sports grade and working with guys like you two guys and working and going on shows with Scotty Farrell or Gabe Morenci or Cam Stewart or, you know, Joe Ranieri or, or Dubsy or working with Rebecca Harrison on doing, you know, the scouting reports. It, it's fun. It's fun for me, and it allows me as a coach to kind of not coach, but still coach. So I still watch games <laughs> the same way. I still rewind and be like, oh, that's an interesting wrinkle that they're doing here. Maybe this is something yeah. I look at. So it, it, it's definitely been a rewarding experience, and I can't thank, honestly, you know, uh, both Mike Cardano and, and, and Lou Mayon and Greg Sussman, the three of them, really having the faith and confidence in me to, to do this job and really think I could be good at it when I couldn't say Milwaukee Bucks in my first <laughs> take the first day. To put me on on an NBA draft show with me, Kevin Walsh, and Ben Stevens, we've crushed it the last two years. To have me uh, co-host betting above the rim with John Shames towards the end of this past basketball season, to have me come on all these spots, it's a testament, honestly, to them having faith in me. And I think what's, what's really cool about our company is it gives young guys like you guys or old guys like me transitioning a chance to give information to people and help people out. I started this, this whole thing by asking you why we call you coach. And <laughs> um, one thing that I have learned over the last 20 minutes or so is there's no question to be asked there everything about you is coach you you embody it yeah like you embody yeah. it seemingly in <laughs> all of your life and I, do you, you have kids coach I have two kids I got I got Maddie and Juliana Maddie's nine Juliana's seven and the crazy thing is neither one of them really play a lot of basketball you know Maddie <laughs> Matt they're both uh they're both swimmers and dancers and that's good because I can't really swim well and I definitely can't dance well. Anytime I try to dance in front of my kids, I get made up, made fun of, and my daughter, <laughs> nine years old, calls me weird all the time. I guess that's a compliment. But it, it, it's all about, I'm all about family. And, and I feel like I, I'm lucky. I, I have my, my true family, my, my, my wife, Angie, who's my rock star, who kind of carries the load with a lot of things we do in this house and kind of make sure everything's on the up and up with the kids. But on the meantime, I kind of have my sports grid family, like you guys and, you know, and, and, and Kevin and Donnie and Shames and, you know, Keith Arizari is not on sports too much anymore, but Keith and I still talk. The relationships that I've formed um, with this is, 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 gonna, is really cool. And it's something I think is going to last for a lifetime. Well, I, I mean, this wouldn't be a sports betting podcast if I wasn't going to ask you, Coach. Do you have a couple of great plays to give out for this upcoming week? I mean, we got NFL Week 9 coming up. Um, NBA, of course, is in full swing. What are you looking at for this week? World Series is going on? 
Well, I, you know me. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it to basketball because I thought I was riding high with my Jets until they crashed and burned <laughs> yesterday versus New England. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys three basketball plays that I like. Number one, I like the New Orleans Pelicans to win the Southwest Division. They're the third favorite. I think that you're gonna get a little bit of regret, regression out of Dallas and Memphis, and them honestly going from being the hunter to the hunted. I just think that core of, of McCollum, B.I., and, of course, Zion, if he can stay healthy or something. But it's more than just that. It, it's it's the Devontae Grahams. It's the Jackson Hayes. It's the development of Trey Murphy III. It's Alvarado. They, they, it's Larry Nance Jr. They have so many parts that they can hit you with. I really think for the value, I think right now it's plus 230 on FanDuel. I would take a look at the New Orleans Pelicans to win the Southwest Division. Next, Tyrese Maxey to win most improved is at 10 to 1. He's, remember guys, his score was only about 15 points per game pre-All-Star break. He gets James Harden, it goes up to 20, 21 points per game. Now he's getting 22.6, just had a 44-point performance without Embiid over the weekend in Toronto. Oh, I we know. Really, well, sorry, no, no. <laughs> I really like uh, Tyrese Maxey to go ahead and, and win, um, you know, most improved player. Next, and I don't look at, I don't know the odds, but I'm trying to find them right now as we speak. We're going to go to the college basketball landscape. College basketball, folks, starts in a couple of weeks. I think it, they may have it down. I'm just digging right now. Yep, no, they have it up. The national championship. I am going to go plus 850. It's a co-favorite. I'm going with the Houston Cougars to win the national championship. I think Calvin Sampson's one of the best coaches in the country. Sasser, remember, they had, they had injuries, guys. They had injuries last year that prevented them from making a run, and they lost just an absolute war, I believe, to Villanova in the Elite Eight. Give me Calvin Sampson. I'm, I'm not going with Mark Few and Gonzaga to be the mid-major. I'm going with the Houston Cougars. Something that Guy Lewis and Clyde Drexler and Akeem Olajuwon couldn't get done. They're going to yeah. win the 2023 National Championship at an odd at eight and a half to one on FanDuel. I love I love that college pick. I mean, the, you're so confident in it. I'm definitely riding with you with Houston Cougars. But I do want to bring up the maxi pick that you talked about. Mayday alluded to it a bit. We're from Toronto. We're seeing firsthand. I'm all over Maxi to get most improved player. He is killing it this season. Not only did he drop 44 against the Raptors, uh, but he just looks so confident out there, right? Like he looks like he can lead this offense in scoring when Harden's missing those shots that we know Harden's going to miss. Uh, and the Pelicans are one of the deepest teams in the league. So I, I back all of these. I'm curious. I wanted to know, what is there something you see in Dallas or Memphis that leads you to believe the Pelicans might, might unseat either of them? Well, one for, for Dallas, I see a little bit of regression because I do think the loss of Jalen Brunson is going to be felt a lot more than people think it's going to be. I think the fact that he just slid in as that number two uh, ball handling option, secondary scoring option, but also someone, Ryan, that could play as the lead guard and you put Luca on the second side of the floor where you can't load up on him. Next, I love that Christian would trade offensively, but he doesn't bring a lot defensively to the table. So the Dwight Powell, JaVale McGee thing ain't really scaring me when you got to go up against a Valanchunas, against a Rudy Gobert, against, uh, you know, a DeAndre Ayton, against an Anthony Davis at the five spot. Shoot, even against a guy like Yusuf Nurkic in the Western Conference, I think that's going to be their struggle. And then where is that legitimate second scoring option going to be? Luca's been playing phenomenal. You see his stats, had a 41-point triple-double last weekend versus the Nets. But, guys, there's so much on that plate, and he takes such a beating. They need someone. Maybe it's Christian Wood, but he comes off the bench. Someone, whether it's Spencer Dimwitty or Tim Hardaway Jr. or Dorian Finney-Smith, has to become that bona fide number two option if Christian Wood is coming off the bench and let's be honest, guys, none of those three guys have shown that. 
for Memphis, it's more about the fact of a young team that just took a quantum leap. I just feel like it's going to come back a little bit to the pack. Ja's been phenomenal. We see his scoring. But I had problems with Ja last year because I felt like at times when, when Trey Jones was in the game, the backup, he was the better point guard for them, meaning he got more guys involved. Look at the metrics. You can look at the numbers and you can see their scoring was better at times when Ja was off the floor. So to me, does Ja want to be like the next Allen Iverson with more athletic bounds? Or does he want to be that complete point guard that gets everybody involved? I think sometimes Ja gets, and he can score, don't get me wrong. He needs to get other guys involved. So when you look at those two teams and you look at what CJ McCollum brought to that team at New Orleans, getting them to game six against Phoenix. Remember, folks, they had Phoenix on the ropes in game six in New Orleans with about four minutes to go, and they lost the game down the stretch. Well, now you got CJ McCollum for a full year. Now you got him paired with Brandon Ingham. You get Zion back for a full year. Herbert Jones takes the next step. And the guy that I've been telling people not to sleep on, Trey Murphy the third, six foot eight, three and D guy out of, out of Virginia, second round, I'm sorry, second year player. If he could become not just a steady three-point shooter, but someone at six eight that could take people off the bounce when you run them off the line, I like what I've seen out of that team. I love the coaching staff. Don't sleep on New Orleans to win the Southwest Division. Okay, you pretty pretty well answered my question. The only thing that the only I, I I'm sorry to stick on this one. I do have one more question. I wanted to know what your thoughts are on the health of Zion. You know, I think with Zion, you got to play careful with him because he hasn't shown a track record record. I'm sorry, of being healthy. So you're going to see him get. I hate to say it, guys. We all hate it. He's going to get the game management stuff where they're going to sit him. You know, he had a little injury that probably feels the playoffs. He would have played last week. What do they do? Yeah. Sat him, him on Tuesday because he can play on Friday. Get him an extra couple of days rest. That's also become the big thing, folks, is the game management. You got to know who's playing, who's sitting. That really good thing to look at. The NBA releases injury reports at 30 past the hour every hour starting in the morning so you keep looking look look right now the 3 30 report has come out you know there's things i'm looking at tonight where i'm getting ready to do my scouting report but i need to look at what's going on joel and beats questionable what's going on with him is he gonna play you know terry rozier it, it, he's doubtful is he gonna play tonight you know for for charlotte you know, so you got to look at it just so you know, but do know that you don't have to report it right away. So like a game tonight, that's out West, like the Rockets and the Clippers, you may have to wait a little bit to get that, that injury report because they haven't posted yet. But the reason why they haven't posted yet is also no, they're on back to backs. So who's resting, you know, is Kawhi Leonard going to play tonight? They said he's supposed to miss a couple of games. Well, they played last night. Are they giving Paul George tonight at off tonight? but the Clippers aren't playing well. The Tyron Lue just throw that game away. So these are the things that you got to look at. I keep saying information is king. Know where to look. And a good place to look all the time, 30 past the hour, is go to NBA.com, click on injury report, and they will tell you every hour who is in, who is out. I have a question now. I want to throw at both of you guys. So I'm going to throw it to you first, Mergy, because it that brings up something uh, I've always been kind of curious about. So let's say you are getting ready. You place your bets earlier in the day. The injury report comes out and someone's sitting you weren't expecting. You already have your bets placed. What do you do in that situation? Mergy, what do you do? Uh, I mean, it depends on your bookie, right? If you can cash out. If you can't. If you feel like it's going to, if you can't cash out, I mean, you just let it ride. For example, I have a perfect example last week. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers visiting Toronto Raptors. The night before I had confirmed the 76ers to win, they were underdog in the situation. Raptors won the game before. Um, this was the second game of the, the two game series there. And then what? Game time decision, Joel Embiid gets rested for um, the little minor injury he was dealing with, right? Um, and 
to be honest, you just got to ride it, right? <laughs> like, what can you do? If you can't cash out, you already confirmed this. Uh, to be honest, I was confident in the 76ers bouncing back in that game regardless. Without Joel Embiid, I thought they were still going to come back and get the win. So I was happy riding that one. For example, we got Maxi getting 40 points. Yeah. Oh, and to answer your question, Ryan, I mean, it really is a case-by-case -case basis, right? Like, sometimes you got to just ride it, and sometimes you just since you can't cash out you just got to take the loss i mean you already bet too early sometimes it's sharp betting early but then in basketball or certain sports where injuries happen a lot um it, maybe you get bit in the butt a bit if you bite if you bet too early okay but would you attempt to like mitigate that by betting on throwing another thing down on the same yeah a hedge essentially yeah, it, it definitely it definitely depends on the situation. Uh, for example, that that example I gave the Philly versus the Raptors, uh, because I was confident that Philly would make adjustments, and and since it was a mini series, it was the second game after losing. Uh, I was confident that Philly would bounce back. I did not hedge that bet. Uh, but let's say Harden was out as well, or Maxi and Embiid were out, then I definitely would look to hedge it somewhere. And what about you, Coach? What would you do? I, I think there's a couple ways to do it. Number one, if, if you're really confident, if you're really, really confident in that bet, I would, I would, I would throw it down again. I would throw it down. I would put, I would, would let that line move and then play it again. Another thing to do because of the NBA, everybody makes the run. So if you had like uh Mergy said, and he had the Sixers, if the game jumps out Toronto with the lead, hammer the Sixers at that point because the sharp betting is going to move so quickly the other way that you may be able to find yourself even a nice little middle where you may be able to, you know lock yourself in you know let's say the Sixers were uh favored by four and you got it again at minus one you got a three-foot middle where you can you can kind of make yourself right there but there's a chance that the Sixers win by more than one or more than four you win like they did you can win both times so I think it's about it's about knowledge is key. It's about knowing when to place a bet. I think what is what has really changed the NBA to me was COVID and the fact of guys getting pulled out of the lineup so close to tip off. You ever notice when I do my scouting reports, I generally do them at five o'clock. Like I, I I try to wait as long as possible for something to happen. But I do think this, I do think, you know, when you get into this NBA and this gamesmanship um, of, of who's playing, who's not playing, if the NBA is really going to take on sports gambling companies as partners, then they have to say to every team, you know what, as of 90 minutes before game time, there are no changes. So if it's a COVID guy, you got to pull him within 90 minutes of game time or you lose a roster spot. Or something like that. Gifts, I, I know it's hard to say that, but even for people that are thinking about going to a game last minute, you know, if you're going to a game last minute uh, and it's, you know, tonight in Washington and Joel B gets pulled 20 minutes before the game, well, what happens if that's the only time you want to take your kids to see Joel B? You just, you just spent a lot of money. So I do think the NBA had to work better on providing analysis and doing it with the, with the injury reports every hour. But teams have to be more forthright in giving information on when guys are in and out of the lineup and not worry about the gamesmanship advantage that they're trying to get on their opponent. Okay. All right. Well, I'm like pretty question. I'm pretty like end of my questions now. We're going to have you on again. Thank you so much for everything, for being here. Thank you so much, coach. It's been an absolute pleasure. Right. Thanks for having me on, bro. Ryan, it was, it was great chopping up with you guys and not just talking about specific bets, but, but how I analyze and look at things um, every time is almost like when, I, when I'm teaching, I hope every time you leave the classroom, you learn something different than you did the day before. So hopefully I was able to impart some knowledge on everybody and give people a little bit of uh, betting tips or advice on how to look some things. And hopefully as we keep going, we could all cash some tickets. The slogan of this podcast is, and I haven't even said it yet, you will learn something every time. So, Coach, you hit the nail on the head. That is literally what we have written in our document. Perfect. Well, I'm glad that I was able to impart some knowledge, and I, I can't wait to do it again with you guys.
Man, I just love talking to Coach. Every time I get off of a chat with him, I have a smile plastered on my face. It's just the best. It's always a great time. I mean, he has so many stories to tell us. Uh, he gives us so much knowledge. He always makes people win on our Twitter spaces. Uh, and he told us about checking the injury report on NBA.com every half an hour. I mean, I'm sitting there no checking idea. daily Roto, uh, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But if the NBA is releasing every half an hour, who's in, who's out, like, Give me that all day. I mean, Coach Young is a gem. And for those of you listening, you guys should check him out on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. He kills it. And he's on Sports Grid TV all the time, giving out his place. He always likes to say, if you don't tune into Sports Grid, you don't like making money. So if you don't tune into Coach Young, you don't like making money. That's just <laughs> how it is. It's the reality of the situation. Um, one thing I also wanted to mention to you guys before we move on to the final segment of today's show, Twitter spaces every Thursday night football. We come on Twitter, Sports Grid's Twitter at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We go for an hour. We chat about our best bets of the slate on Thursday. Then at halftime, we arrive on Instagram. Instagram Live, Sports Grid TV, and we talk about the first half. We give you some bets for the late slate. We see how we're doing so far, maybe live bet the second half. And then we end the evening on Sports Grid's TikTok. And that's the place where we're just going to kick back, relax, have some fun, chat about the evening of sports, look at the early lines for Sunday Sunday's football slate, and just kind of moss out a little, relax. We've kind of uh, gone through a heavy evening of sports betting at that point. So make sure you follow SportsGrid on literally every social media that you can find them on, and we will be there with you. Our warm, comforting embrace will be there. Uh, maybe Dobby will have a, a guest appearance sometimes too. <laughs> Dobby, is my, uh, Dobby is my hairless cat, and you will most definitely get some guest appearances from him over this uh over this podcast over the twitter spaces he loves making appearances um so let's move in to the last segment of our show the money line and mayday matchup so this is going to be a weekly game we're going to go head to head on either side of a bet we're going to pick a major event every week and we're going to go head to head we have to pick one side uh you can either bet the spread or the money line Whoever makes more money at the end of the first season uh, is going to be picking a forfeit for the other guys. So we're going <laughs> to see what happens. We're going to have to hear from you guys about some forfeits you might want us to do. Um, that's going to be an <laughs> ongoing thing throughout this whole show. Uh, we're just going to hit you with a couple other plays as well that we have um, coming up later this week. We're going to try and keep them for a couple days from now. So you have time to keep, you have time to get on these plays quickly. Uh because we all know you don't want to you don't want to listen to a podcast and then <laughs> have the plays all be gone. The sports gambling world is a fast moving industry, so we know people want their plays ASAP. We definitely have a huge one for today. What is it, Ryan? The World Series, and we got blessed. Yeah, it didn't did. look like we were gonna get to be able to pick this series. Still, we were gonna be three games in. It was just wasn't wasn't worth it. But we're tied, and there was a rain delay today. So yeah, yep. postponed us till tomorrow and that gives us the opportunity to pick a side right they're tied one apiece uh i'll let you go first all right so i am i was on this before the series started and then they went out and threw a dud in game one astros minus one and a half to win the series it was not as tasty as it is now now it is plus 144 and look the astros have just pitching out the bum they have literally they they are so good at every aspect of baseball i'm still i'm still backing them i like the philly story but i'm taking the astros you know screw those cheaters i don't want the astros winning like when I, when we got the segment and we got into the segment and i realized that you were going to take the astros of course i felt a little bit hard done when it, like at the beginning i'm like you know the phillies like how are they going to win? They barely had this had any wins in the regular season. But the more I looked into it, man, I'm back in the Phillies to win this World Series. They're tied 1-1 right now. They're heading back home, undefeated at home this postseason. And if they win the next two straight, they take a commanding lead in the series, 
Uh, it's their first World Series since 2009, and you know the crowd's going to be into it. And Kyle Schwarber looks like the postseason MVP. I'm back in the Phillies. My Canadian manager, first Canadian manager to be in a World Series. Take it home for the Buds. Take it home. Don't get me wrong. I'd way <laughs> rather see the Phillies win. Like there's That's no, fair. It's not, it's not even close. <laughs> there's not a team in baseball other than the New York Yankees. Okay, I lied. There is a team in baseball. <laughs> the New York Yankees are the only team I would like to see win less than the Houston Astros being a Toronto Blue Jays fan. Um, so, like, I hope you're right. I Let's be real. Yeah. I really hope you're right. It would be way better for baseball and for – just the general storylines of sport. Phillies so let's plus one forty-five, and I will take a commanding one-nothing lead in our Mayday money money line matchup to start the season. I am very hyped for this, and Game Three is going to be exciting. Yeah, and well, whoever wins this, we're going to be at the exact same <laughs> money point. Whatever what happens, he's one forty-four. I'm at plus one forty-five. He's on the money line. I'm on the spread. Let's see what yeah. happens. Samir, give me another bet for this upcoming week. I know you're looking at some football. Yep. I actually have a couple of football play for you guys. Uh, if you want to catch some more closer to the actual Sunday, check out our Twitter uh, at Mergy Moneyline, at Mayday Sports, and underscore. At Mayday Sports underscore. Sorry. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, and we'll be posting plays, right? Like we always post our, our best plays, especially after the Twitter spaces. Um, we should have a lot more knowledge by then. But the two plays that I have to give you guys today, right now, for week nine NFL coming on Sunday, we got Raiders minus one versus the Jaguars. That's at minus 106 right now. Jaguars are coming back from London after a disappointing loss and are 0-5 against the spread in their last five games. The Raiders were held scoreless against the Saints last week. There's no way that continues with Darren Waller reportedly coming back from injury, as well as Devontae Adams, who only had one catch and three yards because he was sick last week. He's going to go off against the Jaguars secondary in this one. Raiders minus one is a little disrespectful in my opinion. I think it's gonna, yeah, <laughs> I think it's gonna move a little bit um, in their favor. But I, uh, but I understand uh, the worries about the Raiders because both both of these teams, the Raiders and Jaguars, are two and six to start the season. However, give me the Raiders minus one at minus one oh six. Uh, it's insanely jump- disrespectful. <laughs> it insanely, di- man. I've flown back from England a fair few times in my life. Uh, like be with all my family being across the pond, that is a gnarly time change coming back the other way. It doesn't get fixed in a week. You don't feel your best at the end of seven days. It's just, that's just not how it goes. Perfect. That makes me feel even better. And I'll just get right into my second pick before you give your bets for the weekend. I got dolphins minus four and a half against the bears. That's sitting at minus minus one ten. Listen guys, that line will change. It's probably going to be minus five and a half, maybe even minus six by the time it comes to Sunday. And Tua has been playing out of his mind. And I'm convinced that if he didn't get injured, the Dolphins would have a maximum of one loss. Could be undefeated, to be honest. I mean, he just threw for 382 yards and three touchdowns against the Lions last weekend. No interceptions, by the way. He has two receivers who are in the top five reception yards of the season. He got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, and both of them have a combined 1,688 receiving yards in just eight weeks. They're killing it, and they're going to torch the Bears secondary. And on top of all of that, the Dolphins are 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five games against the Bears. Give me the Dolphins. The Bears are overrated. What do you got from me? That's so much justification. No <laughs> complaints here. I have a football play and I have a football play. One okay. of them is with your hands. One of them is with your feet. And we're going to start with the same sport that you're going with. I love that. I am taking the Detroit Lions plus three on the spread against the Green Bay Packers. <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers has washed Green Bay Packers. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> so the, the only team Green Day is beaten by more than a field goal 
this week is those very same bears. This season, sorry, it's those very same bears. That is not <laughs> a good bears. sign. Yeah, the stinky bears. That is not a good sign. Detroit is averaging more than seven points, almost seven points more per game than Green Bay is this season. That is a significant number. Yeah. And like, I know Aaron Rodgers tossed that unbelievable pass this week, but like, does it look like he's leading his team? Doesn't look to me like he gives the slightest of a shit. Honestly. I mean, I can't argue with that at all. Did you see when they were getting dominated uh, by the bills in their last game in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, you just got Aaron Rodgers and his buddies on the bench having a laugh. He was laughing. Come on, man. Be a leader. You have not lost this many times in a row in your career. So why are you letting, letting this get to you? I love Detroit Lions plus three. I'm backing you on that. Okay. So, those are the football plays. Let's get into the football play that I have. Um, so I avoided taking Liverpool because I have been burned enough times this season. And even though I like to bet on Liverpool because they generally make me money. Yeah. That's the reason I like to bet on Liverpool, not just because they're on the wall over here. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I've pivoted to a different team that likes to make me money. And we're going to go with the one on your wall. Yes. yes. Man City. Um Man City are playing the biggest surprise in the Premier League this year, as far as I'm concerned. Fulham have 22 goals in 13 matches. They look serious. They have come up and down. They've yo-yoed back and forth, and they look like they finally figured out how to build a Premier League team and how to play in the Premier League. They've scored against Arsenal. They've scored against Liverpool. They've scored against Tottenham. And there's literally only five teams in the league with more goals than them. Four of them are in the top four, and the other one is Liverpool. They're going to score against Man City. Man City, although they've given up only 11 goals in 12 games, can be got at. And they are not not a fortress at the back like we've seen from teams in past years in the Premier League. They're good. They're great, actually. But they can still concede. So... The result to be Man City and both teams to score currently sitting at plus 110. And I know that's going to make you feel a little bit nervous and a little bit happy, Mergy, but that's where I stand. That's my last bet. I mean, as a Man City fan, I don't want them to get scored on, but let's be real. There's a chance that Fulham's going to score and Mitrovic is going to be the one who scores it. Yes. Uh, I like the bet. I back it. I think since Man City's playing midweek right now against Sevilla, uh, and then they're playing Fulham on the weekend. That, that game's kind of an afterthought for these guys. They know they're going to beat these guys. They really think they're going to beat this Fulham team. They know they're the better squad. Liverpool knew um, they were going to beat them too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're the better squad. But um, Man City is focused on, on the Champions League game this week. And then the week after, they have Brentford. They do have a couple injuries, right? Kyle Walker's not going to be in. Holland is definitely not going to start. He might make an appearance, but he's not going to start. Uh, so it could, be any, it could be a tighter game than people think. I, I back that. Uh, one thing I do want to correct you on, though, they're not the biggest surprise in the Premier League this season. The biggest surprise in the Premier League this season, personally, to me, has to be Newcastle. Why is that a surprise? They got injected with an astronomical amount of cash and didn't... approximately everybody <laughs> would be willing to sign for them. But they couldn't and... they couldn't spend like large amounts of the money. They they bought like a lot of like lower wage players, right? Because they couldn't That's go fair. against FFP. Not only that, like, okay, I expected them to be mid-table. Bro, they're fourth right now. They haven't they lost in five straight games. They scored, they have you know, a pretty decent goal differential. They, they look they look real. And they've only lost one game all season so far. So to me, that's a bit of a surprise. But don't get me wrong, Fulham is doing way better than everyone expected. I agree. Yeah, those are probably the two. They're both sitting, they're both sitting way higher than we expected to. Both of them are in the top half of the table. Yeah. Definitely would not have called that to start the season. <laughs> so 
Bro, right, Newcastle, Newcastle are two points behind Tottenham for third place, right? Like they're right there in in the thick of things for the Champions League race. Technically, they're still in reach for the title. Like if Arsenal and Man City didn't look as dominant as they look this season, it could be one of those Leicester type years where Newcastle could have had a run. But like, hey man, they're in the mix, which is props to them. We should get used to that. That's yeah. I don't think that's going to change. That's to be not honest. changing. Yeah, and Almiron is on a big club. Yeah, and Almiron is is on a personal mission to get back at Jack Grealish after the comments he made. <laughs> Indeed he is. Okay, so that's all we got as far as our bets for this upcoming week goes. It was a pretty good first episode, if I say so myself. What do you think, Mergy? I think it was great. We got our, our five rules across. You know, We taught the viewers a little bit of a lesson there. Um, we had Coach on, who is probably one of the best guests ever to have on any show uh and we gave out our bets we're gonna start making money every single week we're gonna catch up on these bets we're gonna talk about how we did the week before and we're gonna keep a track record going i already have the excel sheet ready for us to input our bets into and we're gonna let you guys know each week how our return on investments doing each month how our return on investments doing we're gonna prove to you guys that you can make money off of sports betting if you do it responsibly stay disciplined and listen to the five rules that we gave you we're going to announce our next guest on thursday's twitter space so sports grid sports grids twitter is where you want to be uh we'll be here again in this space on tuesday seven days from the release of episode one mergy Send us home. You know, the usual spiel, if you hear me, gamble responsibly, everyone. Enjoy watching sports. But most importantly, let's cash, baby. 